0: When You Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's a N G I.com.
1: He said shaft in a really sexual, phallic My way, too. Wow, wow. yeah, probably he's he was a a, of, kind of a funny guy. Probably but got
0: a lot of looks. They then. didn't
1: question it because he was a statistician and he's like, He's a nerd.
2: That's no true. way did he
1: mean that sexually. Nerds aren't funny. Nah, or sexual. Nerds
2: don't get funny for another 50 years.
1: Yeah, yeah, hey. Welcome back to shit they don't tell you. I'm Nikki Limo.
2: Hello, everybody, and uh, my name is sometimes Steve.
1: And what is it the other times?
2: Oh, mostly Crypto King, Ace, Iceman. You know, you know how it is.
1: So, who are you really? Who am I really? Yeah. Who yeah. are you inside?
2: Um, mostly to my in my core. Yeah. I'm. I hate to do this. What? But I'm. My mother says I'm her bright light. So I guess that's another nickname. Oh
1: my god, that's so cute. I guess bright
2: light. Bright light. <laughs> Yeah.
1: That's what I'll call you then. If that's who you are to your core.
2: Just another Nick, I guess. I'm I'm stacking them up, see? See, I didn't give myself that one either.
1: I like to call you gaping asshole. I don't get it. Oh, we have a bit right now. It's not really a bit though, because it's real. But Steve's butt is so big that it sucks up things around it. Like things are are in its orbit. And that's why we can't find things. Like when the remote's missing, it's up Steve's gaping asshole. And when like, you know... When he's looking for uh, yeah. a cat, like it's up his gaping usually asshole. Usually up there, yeah. Usually up there. Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: what I hear in the house. I tell him to look
1: there first. And that's also why he's a never nude and never let me see his butt.
2: I'm being bullied <laughs> and live bullied.
1: Hey, as well. bright light, let's go. Okay. Let's go. Okay, so today we're talking about not Steve's asshole, but a topic that has gotten requested a lot. Um, and usually this topic comes up when we're talking about successful people or following your dreams or overcoming failure or um people that have been succeeding what what are you looking at
2: uh, nothing just making sure that we're recording
1: okay good yeah we um okay we filmed the whole episode and it wasn't recording and i'm really sad about it and i'm just gonna let that out because my emotions are here and i want you to know about them
2: and i asked nikki where the episode went and she said it went up my gaping asshole so i didn't appreciate that
1: exactly it probably you're so selfish check it once in a while
2: i'll, I'll, I'll go look after the show thank you but it we should would just save do this us a lot of time it's not there.
1: okay so this is like the less good episode this is the less good version less good of, good of this episode yeah. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, this concept of survivorship bias um, gets brought up a lot. When we talk about those topics, people are like, yeah, but what about survivorship bias? So today we're going to explore survivorship bias. This is the second
2: time you brought it up to me today. This is
1: the second, but pretend it's the first because I need it. It comes up a lot. I need it. (laughs) So uh, before in the other episode, the good episode, Steve didn't know what survivorship yeah, bias was. I told was. this
2: great joke, though.
1: And it was awesome. Oh, and so we good. laughed.
2: Oh, my God.
1: I made a Game of Thrones joke.
2: Oh, and I high-fived you.
1: Yeah. Well, not really.
2: Well, And then, and then we both said, Khaleesi.
1: Okay. Now he's just going to Silly Town. No, but... that's true.
2: <laughs> that's true.
1: Survivorship bias. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to talk about, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you where it kind of got popularized and uh, then I'll tell you it's common day use and my thoughts on it. Okay. We're going to explore that. All right. So survivorship bias. According to Wikipedia it's also known as survival bias. It is the logical error of concentrating on the people or things that made it past some selection process and overlooking those that did not typically because of their lack of visibility. This can lead to some false conclusions in several different ways. It is a form of selection bias. Okay. Agreed. Well, now you know what it is. Okay, so I'm gonna talk to you, like, I'm gonna talk to you guys, like, cause you don't know yet, or maybe you do, but uh, here's how it kind of got popularized. It's been around for a long time, this concept of survivorship bias, but it wasn't super well known until around World War II. So during World War II, the Air Force was having a pretty shitty survival rate of their planes. If I may say, you can say that. I mean, I've had zero planes go out to war and return, so maybe I can't say, but they had a 50% survival rate. So if you go out, like, you know, you have a 50% chance of coming back home to your family. The people around you, you know, one out of two of them is not coming home. Fucking sucks, right? So the Air Force was like, how do we save our soldiers more? Let's, like, beef up our planes and make them better so that we could bring more people back home which is great thank you thank you for doing that
2: thank you air force so world war ii air force
1: they're like how do we do this though because a plane needs to fly we can't just beef up the whole thing because it it'll be too heavy it won't fly so what they did was they looked at all of the planes that came back from the war and they uh, drew a chart of where the bullets seem to get hit. And I'll show you a picture of that right now. And Mark, I'm gonna send you this picture, to remind me so that the people on YouTube can see it. Um, but here is the picture of that. And Steve, just answer me like I, like you did the first time. Okay. Yeah. So you see where all of these bullets are. And they hit everything. For those of you audio listeners, they're mostly in the center of the plane, the tips of the wings, and the tips of the tail. Like the tail the get, of gets, the gets really hit. Yeah. But the cockpit isn't getting hit. And this like tail part, the like the, the
0: fuselage.
2: The,
1: the <laughs> what's it called? Hmm? The stem? Hmm. I was trying to make a phallic joke and I couldn't remember what the what a dick is called. Like the part, the shaft. There you go. That's good. Thank you. I'm drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having this Cosmo because I need it. Okay. Um, But yeah. So they looked at this chart and they're like, holy shit. Look at all these places. The bullets got hit. Oh, my God. Okay. So obviously, when you look at this, you would think. These are the weaker sp- spots. So they let's, wanted to armor these weak let's spots. Let's put armor on these weak spots. Okay. And then our planes will come home because they maybe they won't get hit with as many bullets in those spots. Right. Okay. And they had a whole plan and they were like, we're going to beef up our fucking plates. We're going to save so many people. And then this, this statistician who was one of the best statisticians uh, of his time was like, hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take another look. And he looked at this plane and he was like, and this was like a lot of people, like there were a lot of people, there's engineers, there was a mathematician team. There was like, there were so many people, the whole government was involved in this. So like they were set on this plan and he's like, wait, did I say his name yet? His name is Abraham Wald. Okay. Abraham Wald was like, yo, okay, I'm a statistician and I'm the best of my time, by the way. Um, and what you guys are doing is you're just looking at the planes that returned back from the war you're not looking at all the planes that crashed. Meaning that this plane survived all of these bullets and still made it back home. I would say that those parts are pretty strong. Right. Maybe we should beef up the other parts, like the cockpits, the propellers, the shaft of the tail. He said "shaft" in a really sexual, phallic way, too. Wow.
2: wow. Yeah. He's a, was a of, kind of a funny guy. He probably got a lot of looks. They there. didn't
1: question it because he was a statistician, and he's like, he's a nerd. That's No true. way did he mean that. sexually Nerds aren't funny. Nah. Or sexual. Nerds
2: don't get funny for another fifty years. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, he's serious here. Oh, <laughs> I'll right, we'll put it on the shaft then. <laughs> That's okay. what they said. They were like oh shit we need to beef up those other parts that makes sense so they did that instead and their survivability rate went up wouldn't you know it and then was birthed well not birthed but popularized the survivorship bias i see so we started examining other areas like other industries where possibly survivorship bias had skewed data you know like and it happened a lot in business because people were only looking at the businesses that succeeded. Because the businesses that failed would just be gone; like you wouldn't see them again. You couldn't study them; they were gone. Right. So it made it seem like, like if you were living in a town with a bunch of successful businesses, a bunch of successful restaurants. Like, say you went to you're in Vegas, bunch of successful restaurants. Mm-hmm. You might think like, oh, I should fucking start a restaurant. Like, I should get into the restaurant industry. Right. It's booming. You make here, it here, you know? Yeah. But actually, you're not seeing all of the restaurants that didn't make it so you're seeing the best of the best of the best yeah. which makes it even more highly competitive in that area like you absolutely would not want to start a restaurant in that area especially if you're brand new it's
2: like seeing a horrible magic show in vegas but knowing that it's way worse than like tulsa
1: exactly you're like this magic ma- this magic show is pretty meh yeah i could get into magic
2: exactly but
1: then you go to tulsa and you're like Oh, I could really get into magic. Yeah, you're
2: like, wow, this guy really is not very good at magic. Yeah. So fuck, By the way, fuck all Tulsa magicians. Seriously, I mean that.
1: Yeah, we we don't like them. No, we
2: we don't like them. They're on the banned They're Tell You Show. They're banned from listening They're to the banned. show forever. If
1: you're a Tulsa magician, magician, go fuck yourself. You're fucking
2: banned. Actually, we are. We actually banned you five seconds ago. Why aren't you gone yet, asshole?
1: Also, I'm sorry. Like. We're way more aggressive this episode because of we're the upset. whole like last episode. We're just, that we're just lashing heated. out. And, and I didn't mean to take it out on We're Tulsa psychologically
2: Magicians. lashing out because we're making up for our own uh, vulnerabilities. We're
1: projecting. I'm sorry. We're,
2: we apologize to Tulsa Magicians.
1: <laughs> anyway, another area that shows up in restaurants is the, the surveys. So like reviews of restaurants. Uh, they were noticing there was a huge gap between one-star reviews and five-star reviews. There was no three-star reviews. Is it as
2: big as the gap in my asshole? not quite how big would i don't say? think
1: anything could be
2: i see okay
1: i haven't measured it yet but
2: yeah 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 that's interesting though it's like okay the, that helps me visualize you it. know
1: when they're like how many centimeters is she dilated uh-huh. like i imagine like you could birth a two-year-old yeah, out you, of you your you
2: could, you could break hospital instruments trying to measure it mm-hmm. i see okay that helps me visualize it yeah thank you
1: you're welcome um so yeah they're so they when they were analyzing data they were like oh shit there's only really good restaurants and really bad restaurants there's no in between right. because why because you don't leave reviews when it's just meh i never have never have either either
2: if i had if it, if i if there's a product that's whatever even i don't even leave an amazon thing but if it fucking rocks i'm like hell yeah if it sucks i'm like fuck you
1: wow you actually leave reviews when it rocks
2: if it rocks, rocks. It's got. I a only ri- leave
1: reviews when I hate it.
2: It's got a rickety, <laughs> rickety rock though.
1: I only want to warn people. That's the whole po- concept of this podcast. Should they don't tell you, I only want to warn people that's of true. shit that sucks or that you should avoid. But
2: have you ever ordered something on Etsy? Because I have. I ordered it for you. Yeah. And I was very happy about it. And so then I was left. A review. Oh, that's different. It felt like a real person. Yeah, a real person. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah it didn't feel like the man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And they put they always put like a little card in there. Yeah, they handwrite like, it. Thank you so much for your business. I was about to starve to death. Is how it feels.
1: Yeah, I, I I I would leave a review on Etsy. There you go. You're a good person. Thank you. But Amazon, no.
2: I don't really do it on Amazon. No. Okay. Except for if it sucks.
1: Good. Yeah. Because I don't associate with people that.
2: Oh, good. <laughs> oh, <so> thank God.
1: <laughs> It's all Tulsa magicians and people that leave reviews on Amazon banned. Well, we apologize. To but them. who we do like are people that leave reviews on iTunes. That's for sure. If it you helps a so much. Oh my God, review, thank it would make you. my day. Oh my it God, would like change you. my whole mood around.
2: Also, check out our Patreon. I do Crypto Corner on there and it's like super fun. People and like, knows. I'm not
1: leaving a good review for you. You're just droning about how much your day sucks now that you lost it. Get back to the topic. Okay, sorry. So it also survivorship bias shows up in buildings and machinery. You know, those people that are like, damn, they just don't make it like they used to. They don't make these machines like they used to. They don't make these buildings like they used to. Yes. If they're looking at log cabins, they're like, damn, this log cabin has made it for a century or two centuries. They don't make log cabins like that anymore. But what you're not seeing are all of the buildings, all of the machines that died in the first couple months when like, they were
2: making them when they were making them like they used to
1: exactly when they yeah. were making them like they used to it yeah. got destroyed in the first storm yep. they got termite damage. they got all kinds of shit wrong with them mm. you're not seeing any of that no
2: you're so, seeing George Washington's house big surprise you
1: see a pyramid you're <laughs> like wow they're so much better at than, at building than us yeah
2: they built it for the for the sick people at the time yeah for the, for the richest All, 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 like, all we, can't,
1: we can't even do that now we don't even have those materials like yes we do yeah we just—we actually are, have better materials. What you're seeing is something that was built to last, and not like NFL stadiums. The rare ones that have—they're
2: they, built to fall apart in 15 years, so they can make money off of the next one. That's true. Yeah, give me a break.
1: Give me a break. But Green
2: Bay, that that stadium, Lambeau, stu- stood the test of time, dude. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they built it they for outdoor like use. To. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Uh, We also see this show up in music and the arts, so music from earlier periods are often thought of as better than music now, Mm -hmm. and this could be because only the best music from the period uh, is played now, while today's music, good and bad, is more readily available it plays all the yeah
2: time. like when you're in the 70s you're not hearing greatest hits every time you turn on the radio you're, yeah, hearing, you're, hearing, you're hearing all you're hearing of bad
1: it. music and you're hearing good music yeah. but now we're only hearing the good music of from course. the 70s
2: well unless so. you're on unless you're on for some reason Spotify I'm like what the fuck guys
1: uh, I don't, I'm like
2: play oldies and then I'm like I've never heard this song in my whole life oh
1: true I kind of like it though
2: I don't like it I want the hits
1: I only don't like it when it's 90s music and I'm like I don't know, I don't know about this
2: yeah see that happens too yeah. and I and was it, there for that
1: I didn't ask for like '90s street fair music.
2: Yeah, what's with that?
1: I want some bops, man.
2: Yeah, make my head bang, dude.
1: Yeah, so um, I—that's where the bias comes in—is where like we're only seeing the ones that made it. Like we're so we're we're basing, and it's really hard not to base your opinion based off what you see because you weren't there when the shitty music was playing. You weren't there when the shitty buildings were falling apart. Right. You were only here now and seeing what you see, and you're like, damn, they had it so good back then. Yep.
2: Right, so, you and see Yogurtland, but you don't remember Pinkberry. Right. Sad.
1: I forgot about Pinkberry. Didn't
2: we all? You know why? They were such assholes about the toppings. They were. And Yogurtland just fucking stuffed it down their throats. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you know yeah. what? We'll give you every fucking topic you can ever think of your whole life.
1: <laughs> and we'll give you samples. Yeah. And we'll give you a bunch of flavors. Whereas
2: your, your is like, you want a sample? Oh, sorry. Poor people go outside. Uh. <laughs> it was like that. Yeah, it was. It was fucking very snobby. Berry, yeah.
1: Okay, so here's where it comes in. There, uh, the survivorship bias, there's uh, an analogy with people. Like, this is where most people talk about it in today's terms mm-hmm. is um you know these studying successful people doesn't make you better in succeeding like if you do all the things that successful people do it doesn't mean you're going to succeed and but a lot of people think that because they see they only are looking at the successful people so they're like okay well you know they all went to college and got a degree so obviously if i go to college and get a degree i'm going to get a great job, you know? Um, And that just doesn't, it just isn't how it is. But this is where I kind of, have some issues. And we'll get into that. Um, But yeah, with people, you only see interviews with famous people. You don't see interviews with non-famous people. You only hear motivational speakers. You don't hear the people that failed and now they can't get gigs as a motivational speaker. You're only seeing the best of the best. You're seeing influencers on crazy cool beaches. And you think that all influencers get paid uh, multiple six figures a year, millions of dollars a year. (laughs) People think that like all everybody, youtubers everybody. are as yeah. fuck no Dude, it's like
2: even what's his name the billionaire guy or the guy who looked like the billionaire who's like cast, passing off as a billionaire who acted like he was like a gambling legend
1: oh yeah he what's, just
2: got exposed recently as like being a total fraud dan Bilzerian. Yeah.
1: yeah that's his name yeah yeah no matter how many times people get exposed it's like it doesn't register the marketing is too strong yeah, yeah like yeah. you only see what you see so you're like okay yeah that guy was a fraud but like these people yeah. are living the fucking life. And if I just get into, if I just become an influencer and get likes and stuff, then I could have that life too. And that's why people buy likes and they buy followers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they don't, they're just trying to, they're trying to have that life, right? Um, and then Wikipedia talks about like it showing up in highly competitive careers, whether it's movie stars, athletes, or musicians, or CEOs of multi-billion-dollar corporations who dropped out of school. Popular media often tells the story of determined individual, a determined individual who pursues their dreams and beats the odds. There is much less focus on the many people that may be similarly skilled and determined but fail to ever find success because of factors beyond their control or seemingly random events. This creates a false public perception that anyone can achieve great things if they have the ability and make the effort the overwhelming majority of failures are not visible to the public eye and only those who survive the selective pressures of their competitive environment are seen regularly
2: what's the point of this
1: the point is people are feeling like they're a piece of shit because they see all these people succeeding and they do the same things as them and they don't have the same level of success it happened to me too like with acting
2: blame mr rogers i don't blame I mean, frankly, yeah. I, I actually mean that. It's it's a bit too, but like I think the idea that everyone like you're just special and no matter what you're special and you're special. Yeah. It just makes people think like holy fuck, I'm special as hell and they in their thirties or whatever, life hits them hard because they're like, Wow, not a lot of other people agree. <laughs> <laughs> true you know what i mean yeah i just think that that kind of a way to bring people up is is false i think it's good for some people obviously who are told they're pieces of shit all day to hear that (laughs) right
1: i don't think that's good
2: no 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 i mean like to hear that they're special To hear that there's hope from somebody right yeah yeah i understand that like if all they're hearing is that they're pieces of shit yeah and they hear somebody come through their television and say you're special yeah i think that that's effective i understand that true but i think that raising everyone like yo You woke up and you put on your fucking shoes and now you're special. Uh I just think it's a mistake. And that's all. I just think it it, it creates You need
1: adversity, you need you have to. Yeah. You
2: have to have the conflict.
1: You need um what's it called? Like controlled stressors, basically. Like where it's not so much that it's gonna break you, but like it's enough to make you stronger.
2: Just challenge yourself so that you get a little stronger. That's what that's what all that shit's about. But also the two what bothers me about this maybe And I'm not really that bothered by it, Mm. but is the idea that you can just paint over the day-to-day of what somebody did to get ready to achieve something with the word luck, right?
1: Yes. So, but on the other hand, on the side of survivorship bias is people don't like that people won't acknowledge that there was an element of luck involved, Mm. you know, and...
2: But I've never heard somebody successful, real quick, uh who didn't say, when I got my break.
1: Totally. You
2: know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that some of the survivorship bias stuff is being biased against the people who made it because they don't, are not actually listening to them. Because when I hear them, I always hear when I got my break.
1: That's why I say I have an issue when it comes to people because with the buildings, with the planes, you know, machinery, I can understand. But when it comes to people, we're emotional creatures and it's so, to me, it's so different because like you're taking away. It, we're not we're not pieces of machinery like it's not like we're gonna operate exactly the same if you fix this one part you know we're all like we're all like moving we're all like plasma it was plasma mm-hmm. you know and um, there's not one right way for yeah, people so there too, is always so gonna be an element of luck and even anyone listening right now if you've like any success you've ever had or ever come upon there was a little bit of luck involved right mm-hmm. and I think people with survivorship bias or that are like talking about the concept of a survivor, survivorship bias are just like, why don't they at least acknowledge the luck? Um,
2: I, th- I think I hear it all the time. Yeah. That's all. And like, I know, like for example, with Mike Tyson, right? He became like one of the greatest fighters ever. He feels like he was lucky that he ran into Gus D'Amato, who was the guy who trained him, right? And he was the guy who Mike Tyson says is responsible for putting this ferocious beast in him and, like, made him believe that he could fucking conquer anything and beat anybody, right? But – and you could say it was fortuitous that he met him, and that's just luck. But Mike Tyson had to work out. Mike Tyson had to run. Mike Tyson had to get in the ring. Mike Tyson had to fight those guys. Like, Mike Tyson built Mike Tyson – And Mike Tyson even won't take the credit for it because he's like, I met Gus. And so there's always a symbiosis of like somebody. Like, no quarterback doesn't have a wide receiver, doesn't have a coach. Exactly. Like, no, nobody... There's
1: always someone helping. There's the no...
2: Like, even Eminem, he had Dr. Dre, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and in, in Dr. Dre made his sickest beats ever. We, we all know that. Every big
1: YouTuber that I've ever known got shouted out by another big YouTuber. At some or point. got Or had a viral video exactly. or something. But that's, uh, you know, back to the concept of survivorship, survivorship bias yeah. uh, and, like, let's talk about YouTube. You know, they're talking about when you hear, like, a big YouTuber being interviewed and the person's like... Um, what would you say is like the key to your success on YouTube? Like what, what advice do you have to give to these people? And they go, if you find, just find your niche and be consistent. That's all you got to do. Eventually you'll make it. That's bullshit, you know, because you can, like, we know people that have found a niche. They're really good at it. You could be very talented. You could have a great personality. Um, you could be very consistent and you could still not make it.
2: But it doesn't flow saying that. You know
1: exactly. Mean?
2: If you're if I'm being interviewed and I'm trying to uplift people, I'm not like, well, doesn't really work like that, does it? No, it doesn't actually. Like, mm-hmm. like can you imagine like being like that? Like, people no. would think you're an asshole. So you can't win really in that case, right? Like, because people are just like, well, oh, he's basically telling everyone they can't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, is that what the survivorship people bias wa- or biased people want? They want you to just say you can't make it, and I made it because I'm luck. I'm a lucky guy. I mean, that's a way oversimplification, obviously. Yeah, but that's kind of. I think, I'm and still learning about I it. mean,
1: I'm going to get to the, my conclude my conclusion thoughts at the end, okay. but, uh, so we'll get there, but some other criticisms of, uh, survivorship bias is like, it's used for ableism. Have you heard of inspiration porn?
2: That's like what in a uh, Instagram yoga people post constantly, like the quotes nonstop. No,
1: quotes. no. Uh, so in this sense, inspiration porn is, but that's a good guess. Uh, this is. Talking specifically about um, disabled people, there's a term called inspiration porn where it's like the portrayal of people with disabilities as inspirational solely or in part on the basis of their disability. So you hear like people being like, oh, like they're paraplegic and they won a tennis tournament. Oh, I see. You know, and... The criticisms they have with this is, one, that that's like an extraordinary thing. It puts a lot of pressure on other disabled people. And also, it serves as like mostly a means to inspire abled people. Like, this person has no arms and still won a tennis tournament. What's your excuse? Interesting. It's like that kind of thing. So, it kind of uses disabled people as a prop.
2: You could say that about so much, though. Because I remember there was a commercial with Christopher Reeve where um, they... They basically used digital, like, CG stuff to make it look like he got up out of his wheelchair. And that was, like, hugely inspirational for a lot of people at the time because that's what he dreamt of. Like, that's what he wanted to do. And you could say, like, this commercial was using him or this product was using him, and, like, you could just take it to the darkest place if you want to. You
1: could take anything to the darkest place. But that's what I mean. Like, I think
2: that a lot of this is just, like, no, fuck you. Like, it's shitty. And it's just, like, man, all right.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to... I'm trying to fight for the side of the criticisms of survivorship bias, but I f- have a lot of the same thoughts as you. Um, and, and there are supporters I'm of, just
2: learning about it, so I'm just, I'm just going, I'm just spitballing here.
1: There are supporters of inspiration porn um, who talk about how the images actually inspire disabled people because it showcases members of their community making accomplishments. So like, to me, this is how I would view something like like I talked about to you, when I was growing up, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me on TV. Yeah. And it really impacted me because I wanted to be an actor, but I didn't see anybody that looked like me on TV. Or when I did, they were like foreign or they were like um, the bad guy or they, you know, it was never like the lead character. But well,
2: let me do this horrible thing to you now. Now you watch somebody who looks like you on TV and then I'm the person sitting behind the the group saying well this is just inspiration porn she can't make it like you don't know she's gonna that's make it that's what i'm saying that and was that's where, it, that's
1: where i'm going with this you know, i understand i was I, saying i, I just find
2: this fascinating yeah like, that to uh,
1: me um i am on the side of the like the people that find it inspiring because yeah. when i started seeing people like me on tv i was like oh shit i can do it like i can make it you know there's like You know that four-minute mile guy where everyone was like, four-minute mile, impossible. I think Robert, his name was like Robert, shit, I'm so sorry, I don't remember. Robert, Roger, Roger Bannister. Okay. Roger Bannister. uh, They were like, yeah, four-minute mile, no human being can run a four-minute mile. And then in the 1950s, this dude from Oxford runs a four-minute mile. His name's Roger Bannister. And after that, all these motherfuckers started running four minute miles. Because they thought they could. Exactly. It's, crazy. it's like once you know that it can be done, then it's like, oh, maybe I can do it. And maybe you can't. But at least now you have that hope.
2: Hope, oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. Is that bad?
1: That's why I, I can't find a lot of like, yeah, survivorship bias. Take and... the hope away. Exactly. Look. But you know, um, I guess like maybe it comes from people that are mad that they don't like their life and they f- see like they just see anyone that has a happy life as just being really lucky.
2: Yeah, and look, that that's it's a choice though. I feel and and that sounds dumb to some people. I know that, but I'm talking about if if we just choose to see everything as shitty, you can see shitty things all day. But if you choose to try to find the light in things, which I try to do all the time, yeah, even in my lowest points, right. Where I just want to be shitty to things, sometimes mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, "Why were you doing that?" You know what I mean? Like, why? Right. Like it, it 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 wasn't because it, I go back into the psychology of why I was doing it. If you st- if you can step on things in front of people and say, "See, look, I'm stepping on this and this and this," and like I don't need any of this stuff because I like like I'm good where I'm at anyway, so I'm just gonna step on your thing that you like.
1: Yeah, like, if you're good with your thing, then why do you have to step on other people? Right, let
2: the person who was in a wheelchair, winning tennis tournament, get a billboard. Yeah. Like, I don't know about the whole thing where it's like, we shouldn't celebrate. I'm not saying they're saying not, not to celebrate, but it just sounds like, let's take this away.
1: Exactly. That's exactly how I feel, too. And maybe we're the minority. I don't know. But... Well, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out after this break.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Angie.
2: That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark, Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut.
1: Back to our podcast. Jenny Blake. A back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven.
2: Hugh- Thank you for supporting the <laughs> show.
1: <laughs> okay, and we're back. Um, in the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this book. It's very famous, but it was written a long time ago. But at that time, he interviewed. All of the most all of the most richest people of the world at that time, like millionaires. I don't think there were a lot of billionaires at this time, but like definitely millionaires. And he noticed that they had a bunch of different common like traits in common, like things that the habits that they all did. Like there were certain traits that they all did, and a lot of it had to do with mindset. And so I think that if you're just gonna interview someone that just failed at everything they've ever done, they're the biggest failure on earth. Like. They might not have good advice because maybe they didn't have the mindset
2: that. What are you there for? Yeah. Are you there to learn about failure? Then maybe talk to the world's biggest failure. Sure. If you're, but if you're, but people don't do that, right? We can set up a storefront to today, right? Mm-hmm. And we could say, in this building is the world's biggest failure. You can learn everything there is to know about failure. Or next mm-hmm. to him, we have Tom Brady. The market's going to take care of this situation. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's how people are. Or even not just Tom Brady. Here's a successful author. Here's a guy who just sold a book. Here's a guy who just sold a movie. Here's a guy who, who he, he's, he invented aerodynamics.
1: But so that's what the survivorship bias uh, people are talking about, that we are biased towards listening to these people who have succeeded over these people who may have more to offer that we'll never know.
2: The, no, but they don't have more to offer as far as, of course they have more to offer, right? Of course. Maybe. But not about success. Yeah. And that's what people want. When people listen to motivational speakers, Mm -hmm. they're not there to listen to somebody who's going to tell them the harsh reality about the world. They're there to get motivated about something, right? Exactly. They're not there to hear from a guy who didn't make it at motivational speaking and who like couldn't hack it and keep a crowd or whatever. Yeah. They want to hear from somebody who can motivate them. And it goes into every field. Nobody wants to learn about failure, bro. I promise you.
1: Plus like... You're interviewing Brad Pitt, right? So Brad Pitt could tell you all about that too. Like I mentioned this earlier, but, um, but there's a notorious story about Brad Pitt in the acting world where uh, he got banned from central casting, which is like the, only, the, like the biggest agency that casts all the extras in everything you've ever seen ever. Like any TV show or movie that you've seen, central casting probably casted the extras, the people in the background that are walking back and forth. Brad Pitt was an extra with central casting and he got mad about something like I don't remember what it was but it was like it was he got mad about something and he threw a chair at the window of the building and they banned him from being an extra they're like you'll never work in this town again
2: and he did he sure did
1: and now he's Brad Pitt he you failed know
2: he failed from that moment and he overcame the failure and that's way more interesting it's, it's just, way is. More it interesting. just is. It just it's just life it's like when I watch a movie I don't want to watch a movie that it goes from being sad to getting mm-hmm. sadder to getting sadder to getting sadder and then it ends with no hope yeah Either they make those movies and some people some directors out there love to fucking jerk their dicks making those movies and they're like I'm so fucking advanced I'm, oh I'm doing shit nobody else is doing but people every time want to go somewhere they see someone having a bad time it turns into a better time Turns, and, and maybe then it has a bad maybe time there's again a yeah. there's a dip they there's overcome a conflict it. right they overcome it and then we see how the character overcame that and became a hero or whatever Yeah. that's what we want to or see or
1: learned from it it's, grew from
2: it it's the Iliad it's like the fucking hero's journey it's the way that the world works is people inside of them they all want to be better than they are no matter who the fuck they are or why would michael jordan even still have a a shoe business he's already a billionaire he could just kick it do whatever the fuck he wants why is he still working why do these people do it it's because they they want to be even better than they are and that's motivating for people it Mm -hmm. just is
1: yeah i mean uh there is a, to me, like the only way to assure failure, like c- concrete failure, is to quit. Otherwise, you haven't really failed yet. You're just in transition between, between something that didn't
2: work. Dude, I don't think know? anybody knew who Brian Cranston was, but now we all know him.
1: I know him from his like, um, he was on King of Queens. As, he was also as on Power Rangers. But I'm saying, he was saying, on Malcolm in the Middle.
2: He wasn't. No, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. He he made it when he was like a 40 year old man. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and he became the most beloved when he was like in his 50s.
1: I always think about um, because my manager used to send me articles, the one that sued me that I didn't really like. But he used to try to be a motivator and he would send articles about like, oh, like nobody knows. Nobody knows the actors that almost made it. And it's so true. And I would think about that all the time, how like you could get so close to making it on like as a lead on a movie or a pilot at, or like you maybe you made it and they even picked up the pilot and then it got canceled yep. and nobody knows who you are. But like you've been in the game the whole time. And I think like that's a lot of where the, the people are coming from where like I did exactly what I was supposed to do and yeah. I almost made it and I should have made it and I didn't. And I just I don't believe in the game anymore. Right. right. Um, but I think about um, like Henry Cavill, Cavill or Cavill. Henry Cavill, Henry, Cavill, Henry Cavill.
2: Kenville.
1: K- K- Henry Ca- Hevel. Yeah. Um, how he got cast as James Bond, or almost got cast as James I Bond. I told you this Yeah, story. you did. I'm a legend. Yeah, you're legendary. Legendary is the gaping asshole bright light that you are. Thank you. Your asshole is like the tunnel, and then you're yeah. the bright light in the center. I can see I'm visualizing it. Because you said it was in your center, and mm-hmm. that's where the asshole ends. Mm-hmm. At the end of every asshole is a bright light. That makes sense but especially yours. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So Henry Cavill. C- 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 Cavill comes, um, this
2: close, comes this close to being James Bond. James
1: Bond, yeah. And doesn't make it. Imagine you're almost James Bond and then you're not and James Bond billboards are everywhere. Every, everybody's talking about it. Adele's fucking singing about it. And you're like, that was almost me. I think a lot of people would lay down their sword then they'd be like, fights over fuck it this is as close as i've ever been survivorship bias you just like you have to have luck you have to like have something extra but did he do that no he didn't and then he went on to become superman so
2: that's what it would have been like if i got to tell that story without you giving away that he was superman at at the beginning of the story because that's what happened during my james bond i'm sorry it's okay
1: are you mad at me
2: I'm just heard it out loud, and I was like, "That's so much better than the way I got to tell." Maybe it. I'm
1: a better storyteller.
2: Yeah, probably that's what it is.
1: You said some things that I was going to say for the end, so maybe we're well, even. I didn't know. Yeah, but I didn't know either. I know. Fuckface. I know
2: it just happens sometimes. So
1: yeah, just it just saying. happens sometimes. Okay, yeah. so don't judge our fucking podcast. Give, yeah, us, five some, stars, please, please. give us five stars, please. Five stars. We need Christ. it. Yeah, we need it. Save our marriage. <laughs> um. Okay, so what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, and then I always fucking feel bad for like I actually do want to interview this guy. There's probably interviews with him, but the guy that was supposed to be Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, Eric. Um, fuck is his name? Yeah, I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah, has he done interviews? Cause like.
2: I think he has. Yeah, well, he also he also actually funny enough. Did okay outside of it. Like I would he, be he, devastated. he did a bunch of different roles, but yeah, obviously he didn't become a legend like like yeah. Michael did.
1: But a really good book on this is <clears throat> *Failing Forward* by John C. Maxwell. It's super, super good. It examines like how much the successful people you know have failed and he brings up so many examples and um so many it's just such a great book and it just it it normalizes failing like i think a lot of people are so scared of failing um and maybe that's why this has become a little bit more popular because it's like oh a survivorship bias like i shouldn't even try because like yeah a lot of that because like people are just getting lucky and i'm no fool okay
2: yeah and there's and you know this is like another version of porn for that. Like, it's like, there's no point porn, like basically where it's like, oh no, I can just escape to here because now I don't have to face myself or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, that just the whole being scared to fail thing stops a lot of people from from trying. Yeah, And I think the only way you don't succeed is not to try. Not the only way, sorry. The, the only way you fail is is to quit. And the only way to succeed is to try. But a lot of people are so scared of failing that they don't even try yeah. to succeed. Yeah,
2: we see it all the time.
1: And they're scared of looking stupid. I mean, especially in our industry, when you first told your family or your friends that you wanted to go to L. A. to be an actor, like, what was the rea- What was their reaction? Uh,
2: you know, family was good. They were cool. That's cool. They were cool, but um, they definitely there was the backup plan where it got brought up a bunch. Yeah, right. But it was yeah. never like too too crazy.
1: I remember. Talking about like being an actor and it, the joke, it was, Oh, yeah, you're an actor. Where do you waitress?
2: Yeah, of course. That and then, of very, course,
1: I was a waitress too. So yeah, I was you're like, like,
2: Right here. I'm, um, what's your, what are you ordering? Yeah, what now? would you yeah, like? You want the nuggets? Did
1: you want the half size or the full salad? So the half size is pretty filling. So I recommend it.
2: Would you like to hear my monologue now, <laughs> now <that> you've ordered? <laughs> yeah. With a twinkle in your eye?
1: <laughs> All smugly? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I still find it motivating for exactly all the reasons you said is that whenever i'm feeling down or i feel like fuck i just tried something and i fell on my face i want to hear about people who fell on their face and then picked themselves back up and made it like yeah, that's i don't
2: like this down i don't want to hear
1: the people that stayed on their face i
2: was just on i was just doing crypto corner last night with everybody right and there's there's always people who are like i'm fumbling like fuck i missed it I'm not gonna make it.
1: Crypto Corner, for those of you who don't know, is a segment on Patreon that that Steve does about crypto yeah. and live he with, with with holds your hand and, and takes you audio. through it, and it's really great.
2: So, but the point of it is, is I I try to teach all the Crypto Corner heads, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not in this to make up for the past, right? We're in this right now because this is a whole movement. You haven't missed anything. Yeah. So I could I could easily be one of these people and be like. Yeah, well, you're just not going to make it like some other people are going to make it. That sucks. And I don't want to say that, and I don't think that. Yeah. Because I think that everyone can fucking win. I think that wins are always going to be different for different people. Yeah. But I think everyone can fucking win. And I think no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, no matter what your race is, no matter what your sexuality is, all that shit, you can fucking win. And your win is just as significant as anybody else's if that's what you set out to do. Mm-hmm. That's all.
1: I mean, yeah, the odds can be against you. The odds are against you. And If you're not born into the richest family, like it's like poker. It's yeah. like you can get dealt a hand that's like you got a pair of aces in the fucking pocket. Sure. You could still lose to a to two pairs, a pair of fives and threes yep. to someone that's holding, a like they got dealt a shittier hand than you, but the shitty hand person can still make it. And I like those stories. And there are
2: examples everywhere, which is a good thing, of people who won. In, in every category that you can think of. Yep. People who have won, who have found success in every category that you can think of.
1: Because otherwise, it's just that thing that I was talking about earlier, where it was like, oh, no one looks like me on TV. I can't be an actor. Exactly. I, I remember wanting to be a boy, not because I, I felt, not because I was trans and like felt like I was actually a boy, but because I wanted to be a comedian and all the comedians I saw, like Jim Carrey, like all my idols were all men. And I really thought like, I can't be, I can't be a comedian. like Right. I can't be um, an actor or a comedian. Nobody I mean, the, looks like me. The
2: most famous person in the world when I was a child was Michael Jordan and n- nobody, he was undeniable.
1: You mean failed baseball player Michael Jordan? Exactly.
2: He failed hardcore at it. But that's what I'm saying. He was undeniable. Yeah. Was there racism then? Of course. Was there like all the limitations that he had against him? Of course, Obviously. Yeah. Did he win anyway? Fuck yeah, he did. And he won hard mm-hmm. and he became the most popular person in the fucking world. At yeah. the time. I mean he still is a household name.
1: And that's what I like is that it's not that it's guaranteed. If it was guaranteed, that would be boring. Right. It's not that it it's doesn't. guaranteed. It's that you can. It's like that there's a chance that you can if you try. Yeah. I really like that. I really, I do. And I and so yeah, there maybe I have survivorship bias because I only like to I like to pay attention to the people that have tried really hard and made it. Um,
2: but we don't sit here and go, Oh my God, we made it. I've never, I've no, never had that. And no
1: one that makes it thinks that, No, I've never especially had that if thought. they didn't, where they weren't born making it. Like no one sits easy and is like, ha ah, they're always on to the next. Cause if you do have that mindset where you like need to build and achieve and, and yeah. grow and stuff, it's putting your, putting your, uh, quitting, going into retirement is like the most depressing thing.
2: Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. So,
1: They're always on to the next. Look at Warren Buffett.
2: He's like right. 90 years Why old. Why work anymore? Something like that. Go to a beach forever. Yeah. But he couldn't.
1: No, he loves it.
2: And I can't either. Like he I, loves what
1: he's doing. And that, that to me has always been my biggest motivator is that I would rather be broke as fuck pursuing something that I love, pursuit of happiness, right? Just pursuing something that I love, even if I just fucking fail over and over and over again and I have no money and like... It's You know, I would rather be doing that than go to a guaranteed life of unhappiness.
2: What I like to do, too, if I'm getting too, in just too silly mode, like or as far as like too serious mode yeah. about myself or about some, maybe something like this that um, maybe I'm mad at something or I'm like, you know what? It's fucked up because I could have done that, but I didn't get to do it. Mm. I do that monologue like this is fucked up because I could have done that and I didn't get to do it and I can't believe that they got to do it. They're not nearly as good as me, like they suck. I've seen these ha- hack ass shit work before, and it's fucking embarrassing. Yeah, I always imagine the camera flipping around and I'm giving this monologue to a baby that is, <laughs> that is just blinking at me and has no idea. <laughs> Aww, because then it just reminds you, Yeah, it's like, what am I doing? It,
1: your rant is silly. It's just who is this for? We're gonna be dust in 50 years, exactly.
2: You might as well live as hard as you can, and get try to get and what you try, want out of yeah,
1: anyway. and try. I mean, to me and you we've talked about this. Like we think the meaning of life is the meaning you put into life. Yes. And I just, I have to have passion. Like I have Same. to have something, something I'm working, working on, on that's passionate. And like, yeah, there every, even when I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work. Like I just have to try. Cause w- they say there's a, there's a saying in the like motivational speaker world. That's like, don't quit three feet away from gold. Meaning, like, if you're yeah. digging all like years and years of digging for gold, and then you're like, "There's no fucking gold here," and it was like three feet away yeah. from you, like it was, all, you were almost there. And that's
2: what I try to tell all the Bigfoot guys, I'm like, "Don't fit, don't quit." Three feet away from Bigfoot,
1: that's too many big feet.
2: You're right there. You're right. Th- he's he's just in the next hedge.
1: Don't quit three big footprints away from Bigfoot.
2: You're right there. You're that's there. the point. Don't stop looking for Bigfoot. <laughs> Nobody's found them yet. You would be a household name instantly if you found him.
1: Yeah, but I feel this this way about um, people have commented like you know with relationship stuff too. It's like Nikki and Steve. Like, what if you guys just got lucky? Like, what if there's no one out there for me? What if I should settle with my shitty boyfriend or my shitty girlfriend?
2: Of course, we got lucky.
1: Yeah, there's but, an element of but
2: luck. Key to that is luck is when preparation meets opportunity. I've always believed that. Yes. So. Because of me being shitty to some other people, like as mm-hmm. far as immature and like I wasn't ready to be in a relationship like in my early, early 20s mm-hmm. maybe, right? And then...
1: And people being shitty to you. People being
2: shitty to me and me being distrustful and then carrying that in my next relationship. like yeah. All that kind of stuff, right? We had
1: the same relationship history.
2: Because I, I had all that preparation, by the time I got to you, I knew what I wanted and then it was like, it was luck that we got together when we did. The timing was lucky, The I timing, yes. But the fact that... It it's it it worked out so well is because of the work we put into it. Yeah, like, I know and that we
1: had both decided like we're not going to do that old relationship again. Like when we both exited our old relationships, we were like, "Well, I'm not doing that again."
2: And they're not there for the work, right? Yeah. For that first year where we had a tough time, we're like figuring each other out and like like oh, yeah. working on our relationship. There's a lot of screaming. Working on each other, right? Yeah. It was it was. If not I wrote into shit
1: that they don't tell you, and I was like. We scream at each other a lot.
2: <laughs> you know, it, it was just like that. We were, you know? just, we were just taking out old shit on each other, but we stuck it out. But
1: the element that, and this is why I'm like, I feel you can call it survivorship bias, but I feel like there's a lot to learn from this resource is that we've been in the shitty relationships. We know what that's like. And then we have this one where our partner is willing to communicate with us. Constantly. And when we have a disagreement, maybe people get like a little heated, but we know that we have each other's backs and that there's communication. And so we want to impart that onto other people. If you do not have this element, the communication element, Mm -hmm. then I don't think and the
2: having back thing
1: and the having your back thing. And you can't develop that within your relationship. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think, I think you're going to both be miserable with each other.
2: Somebody was to talk shit on me and I'm not in the room.
1: I would and slit Nikki their was throat. there,
2: she would fucking go ballistic and same here. So that's the thing. And I know that like if I ever saw some recording of Nikki talking shit on me, I'd be like, when was this shot?
1: I mean, we roast each other. But but, that's, but you know what I'm saying? That's like, not real.
2: Actually, yeah. I would be like, this is impossible. Like, I never had a relationship like that ever, by the way. I
1: just talked about his gaping asshole. Well, know? that wasn't. that's not talking and that's shit. that's a compliment though. That's what I'm saying. That's true. A lot of
2: people look for that. Yeah. So a lot of people stretch their assholes trying to get try it as to big as yours. They try to prepare it mm-hmm. for that. And I just got one. I got lucky
1: so i think in conclusion um i think survivorship is good to be aware of especially in engineering yeah um and to not (laughs) be blind to not be blind to failure by studying survivors to not think that you know failure is impossible just because you see all these people succeeding um to be mindful of like the journey that people took to get there that when you're looking at instagram images of people living their best lives like they're not showing you the the struggle part in fact actually that's what I started my vlog channel based on because um I was people were like you should vlog you should vlog and I noticed that all the vloggers were like vlogging their glamorous lives like just like it's so exciting every fucking day and I'm like my life's not exciting I'm just gonna vlog my boring life and I thought it was kind of like a good bit like kind of like I'm the anti-vlogger yeah. vlogging um, and I just showed like my daily life as an actor that you don't know yet <laughs> like an actor that hasn't made it like what that's actually like not the actor that's already made it and they tell you like they tell you about how they struggled going to auditions yeah. and their cars and all this stuff i'm actually vlogging in my car to yeah. auditions driving, every day
2: while lo- not looking at the i road.
1: had a ca- I, I know I'm fucking i kidding. had a camera well, when holder. people hear
2: that that's what they do people
1: get mad but i had a camera holder i know that you could go back and watch those vlogs youtube.com nikki but anyway i yeah and i would just like i would tell it like it is like Today I had a shitty audition. I did very mediocre. I don't think I booked it. Like (laughs) I got ready. I drove across town. I got a parking ticket, you know, like I just the day to day life. And then I showed like when I did book something and how cool it was and how exciting it was because you don't know if you're ever going to book something. I went seven years without booking a commercial.
2: But nobody listens to this part because it's honestly the most boring part.
1: No, but that's why we became a party channel over on the vlog channel because we're it's like, yeah, I know. Just the, and it still is like that. It still is the daily life.
2: But the point of it is, is that like people skip over that part and they want to get to the good parts about the success and all that stuff mm. naturally, because people want to hear about that. They don't want to hear about the- Sometimes. F- well, I'm talking about like, in I think as far as the market goes, yeah. I think people want to hear about like, that's why TMZ exists. To get motivated. And, yeah, exactly. It depends
1: on what mood you're in because people are getting very depressed now. And I think this is why these concepts are being talked about being very depressed because they look on Instagram and see everyone's highlight reel. And they want to know, like, are there any normal, real, like, what, like are there any day-to-day people like me? Like, there's no relatability to in watching someone, um, you know, swim in gold, right? <laughs> you know? And so uh, when you showcase, like, I love just documenting the day-to-day, like, when you go back and watch those old vlogs like we're living in a half a room size studio apartment it's like tiny and we are we the same people. same people yeah we're the same, same motivation,
2: people same like yeah exactly
1: and and so like vlogging the the journey without knowing if it's going to end in success it could have ended in it could end in failure you, you don't know you don't we don't know i liked that it wasn't like a hero's journey that was all set in stone that like you know how it's going to end like it's just like hey we're all just people living our lives.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah. that's all we're trying but to do. I,
1: but yeah, when you're in the mode for inspiration, it's like, don't poo poo on the people that are looking for inspiration either. Don't just
2: call it luck either, man. Yeah. You have to recognize the full story or, or else you're just simplifying just everything. Just Yeah, yeah. writing it all off. And it's just too easy. Like I have, I know people who are like, man, you got lucky with crypto. And I'm like, bro, you have no fucking idea what I went through with crypto. You have absolutely no idea. And they never will.
1: Yeah, I know. I know some of the backstory, but I still won't know the full details. No way. It's probably way worse because you hide a lot of sad things from me. Yeah,
2: sure. But that's what I'm saying is like, you know, you have to go, you have to go through all of it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, because I learned so much early on, I'm able to be much better at it now. But that's only because I learned from that early on. Yeah. And that's all.
1: And even non-glamorous professions, like how many people out there right now, you went to college, you got your degree, you have a job, maybe you like your job, you love your job. How many people, like if someone right now was like, yeah, but you just got fucking lucky because I went to college and I didn't get a job. Like that's, it takes away everything that you worked for. All of those nights you studied, you it's crammed, you, you got a degree, those those jobs you applied for and didn't get, the times you were like had a really shitty interview with someone and then you finally got your job and someone's like, you just got lucky.
2: <laughs> you know who got lucky? And I think it's in a, a complimentary way. I, I like to look at luck as compliment, by the way, in, 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 in a sense. Yeah. Like I like to. I don't always take it like that, right? Like I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. But when somebody was born... Into a family where the family taught them how to run a business. Yeah, I think they got lucky. Oh my god! You know what I'm saying? I would die. I for I think that. they got really lucky, okay. and I think that that's a good thing. Yeah. And I, and I think that their parents did a good thing. It's not like they they're handing them in this knowledge and like, oh, it's now you're lucky. It's mm-hmm. like no, no, no. Now you know how to build something, how to work, how mm-hmm. to how to how to get what you want out of life through a system. Mm-hmm. And I think that those people are lucky, and it's a huge compliment to their parents.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's all, all forms of that because there's also like cultures where you have to do what your parents uh, do for work, you know, right. and they teach you their skill and like, yeah, you, you learned a skill, but that's the only skill you're allowed to learn. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, I agree. I'm, to yeah. get motivated by, by knowledge and learning and trying and failing.
2: Yeah, man. And just, I don't know. Just don't be lazy out there. Don't just oversimplify everything. It's just its too boring. Yeah, it's and it's not, boring.
1: and it's, to me, it's not that, it's not, hey, here's all the thing. Here's some, here's 10 habits all millionaires I interviewed do. If you do these 10 habits, you are guaranteed to be a millionaire. It's not that. It's just that it increases your odds. But like, maybe there's something to it.
2: Yeah, and dude, all these assholes always talk about how they failed a bunch of shit. Yeah. Nobody doesn't. I don't know anyone who doesn't except for Kanye West.
1: So maybe I'm missing something with survivorship bias. I watched a lot of videos and read a lot of things. And I think that that was like the most that I heard of it. Um, and those are my thoughts on it. Those are our thoughts on it. But, you know, if I'm missing something, if you have a really good argument for survivorship anti, being anti-survivorship bias.
2: Send it to our P.O. box or we're gonna drop it into a fucking fire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. Fires are dangerous. Okay,
2: there you go. Well, that's all we got for you guys today.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening and uh, subscribe. Share it with your friends and we'll see you. We hope our our podcast survives. Otherwise, you know.
2: (laughs) Survives your (laughs) life.
1: Well, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie.
1: Liberty's leave policy was tremendous. Having the ability to take 16 weeks off fully paid to bond with my child was an incredible experience.
0: At Liberty Mutual, you can find a career that supports you at every step, even baby steps. We offer up to 16 weeks parental leave for new moms and dads. And because not everyone's pathway to parenthood looks the same, we offer robust fertility, surrogacy, and adoption benefits, too. Learn more at LibertyMutualCareers.com and pursue your tomorrow today.